Walla bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. Welcome to the podcast with me, Chrissy A. Yes, I finally got bored of saying hola, hola, hola at the beginning of the podcast, so instead I've gone gangster rap, also known as G-Rap, or Grap for short. My time as a travel podcaster is close to finishing. In fact, episode 29 marks the penultimate episode of the Chris Arnold Travel Podcast. But my oh my, what a treat my final country on this eight-month jaunt has been. Home to Paddington Bear and many a Gap Yard student, it's only flipping Peru. Shout out to everyone who is alive in the world right now. I'm getting pretty vague with my shout outs. It's my way of pleasing everyone and anyone who cares to listen, as well as those who don't. In today's episode, I explore Lake Titicaca, Cusco, and the ancient Incan citadel of Machu Picchu. Ah, Peru, the heart of the ancient Incan empire, which in its heyday spread out as far as Chile, Argentina, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Colombia. The Incan vibe is still strong here in Peru, thanks to the ancient buildings and culture left behind, as well as Inca Cola, which tastes identical to Iron Brew. My first experience of Peru was Lake Titicaca, the highest lake in the world, which is shared by both Bolivia and Peru. The Peruvians joke that their part is the titi, and the Bolivian part is the caca, which means poo-poo in Spanish. What fun. We grabbed a boat from the coastal town of Puno and headed out to the middle of the lake, discovering the great floating Yoros Islands. Back when the Spaniards invaded, many Incans got in their canoes and hid out in the middle of the reeds. They then created floating villages from the same reeds and lived their new lives as lake people. Their descendants are still chilling out there today. They speak a language called Aymara, and I was keen to practice my Aymara with them. Success! We then floated over to Tequil Island, a lovely little island in the middle of Titicaca. The folks there are considered some of the finest knitters around, men included. Take that, sexism! In fact, they love knitting on the island so much that single men have to walk around wearing a single hat, which they've knitted themselves. And if they want to propose to a woman, they have to knit a marriage hat, which is then tested by the potential bride's family. They fill the hat with water. If the water is contained, good news, pal, you can get married. If the water leaks, then you could hit the road, buddy, and never darken our house again. We then headed back to the mainland and spent a day and a night with the Carrillo family, a family of Peruvians running a farm with a cracking set of names. Dad Frank, Mum Belinda, kids Italo and Nico, and puppy Batisa. We helped out by picking runner beans and taking the squealy pigs for a walk. They made us a delicious breakfast called tortocha, as well as many bowls of tasty quinoa soup. Delicious and nutritious. Next up, we headed to Cusco, a beautiful town mixed up with Incan and colonial architecture. The town centre is so nice that it's recently become a World Heritage Site. The marketplace is vibrant as hell on a Sunday, with all sorts going on. Not to mention the wide array of delicious pastries to feast on. There's plenty of fun things to do in Cusco. The Inca Museum, the alpaca store, the chocolate factory, as well as nearby hikes and whitewater rafting. However, its location to Machu Picchu makes it the prime starting point for the Inca Trail, a mighty trek of four days and three nights, close to 50 kilometers. That takes bravery, determination. I was about to take that trek and I felt alive. My preparation for the gigantic task at hand, watching Married with Children in Spanish. Our guide for the Inca trek was a great mountain man called Roddy. 
He could speak the Incan language of Quechua, and every time he wanted your attention when you were chatting with someone, he would say, Sorry for interrupting your beautiful conversation. Which really made me laugh, especially after the 35th time he said it. Walking the Inca trek is a real treat. You go from mountainous hillsides to cloud forests to subtropical jungle and finish off at the ancient Incan citadel of Machu Picchu, one of the seven wonders of the world. It's considered extra special as it managed to evade the colonial invasion of the Spanish thanks to its location hidden away up in the forest. Along the way I made an audio diary of my experience. Inca trek diary, day two. Yeah, I forgot to do day one. Morale, very high in the camp, slightly moist around the groin area but I think that's a combination of sweat and rain and definitely not urine. To be honest, it's not a great audio diary. I was doing the Inca trek with about 12 people, but our group had about 20 porters carrying all our tents and food. When the regular tourist chumps like myself arrived at camp, all the porters gave us a big old round of applause. which is very sweet and appreciated. Although they did leave in the morning two hours afterwards, arrived two hours before us, and were carrying 20 kilos on their backs as opposed to the four kilos we were carrying, so maybe it was more of a pity applause. Either way though, I liked it. A wide variety of nationalities were doing the Inca trek with us, and wanting to learn more about other cultures, I was keen to ask all the important questions. In Denmark, do they call Danish pastries just pastries? Nope. In Holland? Yes. <laughs> Do they call a Dutch oven just an oven? What? <laughs> oven. Thanks for listening to episode 29 of the Chris Arnold Travel Podcast, folks. The next one will be my final one. All music by Bison. Thanks to the Carrillo family and Roddy for the good times. You will take care now. Bye-bye.